0: Hey, hey, I'm Julia, the owner of Julia K Design, which is a small business specializing in wedding invitation design and calligraphy. If you're an aspiring small business owner, a fellow wedding creative, or just looking for some overall inspiration and insight, Julia's creative business guidebook will bring light to all of the challenges I've faced, the lessons I've learned, and the success I've earned. I hope you'll tune in every week for a new chapter in your guidebook. Hello, friends. I feel like I'm setting myself up for failure with this episode because I'm starving. Um, And instead of starting this episode, I should have eaten lunch and then started this. But that's just not how I do things. So setting myself up for failure. Um, We'll see how it goes. I like to refer to myself as a sim. And what I mean by that is if you've ever played The Sims, you know that like your people have to have their shit lined up and like everything has to be fulfilled for them to be happy. So if they're hungry, it'll be red. If they have to go to the bathroom, it'll be red. If they are tired, it'll be red. If they're not having fun, it'll be red. And I really resonate with that because (laughs) if I'm hungry or if I'm thirsty or if I have to pee, I am so cranky. Um, So like I don't I don't, I obviously get hangry, but like I think I take it to another level because I also get angry if I have to pee or if I have to eat or if I'm tired. And so we'll see how this goes. I'm not feeling hangry yet and I'm not feeling cranky. So maybe, maybe I'll be okay. But today is October 11th. I'm recording this literally a day before my episode goes live because. It's been a busy couple of weeks. So, obviously my pat podcast was released and the feedback from everybody was just like unbelievable. It was oh my gosh. I was just taken aback because it was just all day and pretty much all week just people reaching out to me telling me congratulations and how much they loved it and yeah, I wasn't really sure what to expect. Obviously, I've never released a podcast before, so it was yeah, just overwhelming in the best way possible. Um, so release the podcast. Nick and I went on a trip to Vermont. We went just peak fall foliage, which was beautiful. We have determined that Vermont is a very old state, and I say that in the nicest way possible. Elder people are lovely. They are great. They are sweet. But holy shit, I have never seen a state that is just Full of old people. (laughs) That sounds really bad now that I'm saying it. But to put it into perspective, both nights that we went out for dinner, I swear to God, I'm not kidding. We were the youngest people in the room by like. Fifty years. I'm not joking. Um, It felt like we were eating at like boutique Cracker Barrels the whole time. (laughs) I mean, the food was really good, but like apparently people our age just don't go to the places we were going to. We did. We did find some like really nice younger people vibes at some points, but it was just it was very shocking. But (laughs) that doesn't matter. We had a great time. So yeah, just got back from Vermont a couple days ago. And then my mom and I ran a 5k. I've been getting back, not back into running. I I was never into running. I have been getting into running and it has just been a breath of fresh air, something that I've been really enjoying. So that's been nice. And we did a 5k in Easton over the weekend. And yeah, I am back in my apartment, no longer house sitting. So I am back downtown. So if you hear sirens or honks or screams or cries or anything in the background. It's because I'm literally sitting above the busiest street in Easton. So there's always something or banging or hammering because they are doing construction right next door. So yeah, just putting that out there. It, it's definitely not quiet and relaxing here. So that's a little, a little update on my personal life business wise things are going good obviously released the podcast released the new invitation suites released the holiday kits reached 50,000 followers on instagram released my new branding and website it's just been go 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 obviously was in like a little bit of a slower period client wise and that's why oh i just broke my pen And that's why I was able to do these things on the back end, but they were all things that needed to get done. And I'm really glad that I just knocked them out of the way first thing, like first opportunity, I guess, first chance I had, um, because now I will just take the rest of my slower period to work with clients. (laughs) So I'm excited. But anyways, getting into the episode now, this is chapter two, which is all about business branding. So, If you listen to the first chapter, you will know that the first chapter was all about officially starting your business. So I talked about choosing your business name, registering it, applying for an EIN, the differences between business structures. And then I also gave some of my favorite small business resources that I find extremely helpful. And I'm sure you guys will too. That was all covered in chapter one. It was a shorter episode because there's really just, you know, the basics of what you have to do. There's not much I can fluff up about, like completing online forms. So that was all chapter one. And now moving on to chapter two, which is business branding. I'm excited about this chapter because I freaking love branding. It is, it's just so fun to me. I love, I follow so many brand designers on Instagram just because I love to see what they create. And yeah, it's just really, really important to me. So to kind of jump into it, I believe that there are two parts to branding. I believe there's the creative side and the meaningful side. And I don't know if meaningful is the correct word to use here, but it makes sense to me. So that's just what I'm going with. The creative side are the parts of your business that people physically see with their eyes. So think of your logos, your colors, your fonts, etc. And the meaningful side would be the beliefs, values, the mission statement, etc the part of your business that people are experiencing. So I'm going to kind of touch on both of those sides of branding. But before I get into things, I want to just highly, highly recommend the book, I Am My Brand by Kubi Springer. This book guides you on how to build your brand, and while I think it's geared towards more of a building a personal brand, I just related everything to my business brand and found it so beneficial. I think this book is really the reason I feel so strongly about branding as a whole, so I seriously recommend this book more than any other book I've ever read. Um, So I read this book about, I think it was probably almost a year ago at this point, maybe a little bit over a year ago, right before I hired a brand designer to do a brand to do a rebrand for me and it just it provided me so much clarity and it really brings light to how much goes into a brand and how much should go into your brand. So it's much 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 more than just your logo and your colors and the aspects that people are physically seeing. So the book really dives deep into the experience that your brand should bring to the table. So highly recommend that book. To jump into the creative part of your branding, that would be your logos, your colors, fonts, symbols, secondary logos, patterns, etc. You could, you know, essentially create a lot more. But those are the ones that you'll see most frequently, especially if you hire a brand designer. Those are typically the aspects that they will give to you. So these elements give your brand an identity and they really bring your brand alive. So anytime a potential client sees these items, they should automatically think about your business, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. For me, that is really one of the reasons I went with such bold and bright colors and elements. The colors that you choose for your brand should be used every single day to help connect your brand to your target market. So you should be using your brand colors anytime you create graphics, emails, print materials, literally anytime you need to use a color for your business, it should be one of your branding colors. And that being said, like obviously you can use white and black, like whenever you need to, but anytime you use like any other color besides your standard white and black or grays, even, it should be one of your branding colors. If you get into the habit of changing it up all the time, this will. Cause your target market to really struggle to associate colors with your brand. Just keep that in mind. I hate when I see businesses like advertising something that's going on in their business or something that's upcoming, whether they're sharing graphics on social media or it's in an email that I've gotten or something, and they're just using random colors. It's just, I don't know what it is, but I feel like it just feels so much more authentic if you have your certain amount of colors and you use those colors constantly. There is like a psychology behind colors even with branding which is very interesting and so that can be kind of beneficial to look at when you are selecting your brand colors and I know the book that I mentioned does talk about the psychology behind colors so definitely something interesting to look at. So when you are selecting your typography styles you definitely want to to understand that the fonts that you select will be used in every single communication tool from your emails, to your blog posts, to your social media, to your website. Obviously, platforms like some platforms, I know specifically my email platform that I use doesn't allow me to upload custom fonts. So like in that scenario, it's you can obviously it can be a struggle to use your fonts in every single communication that you're doing because of the fact that some of your fonts might not be the standard fonts that are included like for free on your computer or whatever. So That obviously, like, you just kind of have to, like, get over that, but I think in that case, it's important to just pick a font that is very similar to the fonts that you have used. I know that can be a little bit trickier with script fonts, but for serif and sans serif fonts, in that scenario, I would just use fonts that are very similar to the fonts that you have chosen for your branding. Another way to work around this, and I know this is how we work around it with my email marketing, is to design the beef of your emails in Canva and then just transfer them to your email marketing platform. Because I know in Canva you can upload custom fonts. So that's a really nice way to just make sure everything is cohesive. Your fonts can be simple or they can be dramatic. It obviously depends on your brand personality, in my opinion. So my brand fonts are much more like bold and dramatic, whereas some other brands might have more like elegant and thin and just very like romantic fonts. Obviously, it just depends on your brand and the personality that you want your brand to have. It's common, but it's obviously not required to use like a script font and pair it with a serif or a sans serif font. I know also like if you're a calligrapher like me, you may choose to letter your own logo at first. I love that idea. It I think it personally helps your clients identify your style right away. The tricky thing with that is obviously it's not a font, so you would either have to literally letter everything that you want to use in your script font or I guess... I don't even know. It would. It's tricky because that's, that's what I did when I first got started was I created my logo with my own script and my own handwriting. But then it's just when you go to design graphics or print materials or things like that, you have to use a different font unless you're lettering everything that you want in the script font, which can be time consuming. So something to keep in mind, obviously. And just to kind of go off of that point, if you do decide to create your own branding up front. I totally recommend that. I don't think there's anything wrong with new businesses designing their own branding. Working with a brand designer is an investment. There's like no question about it. To just be upfront, I paid $2,000 for my branding and then another $1,200 for my brand refresh. So It is a big investment. And that being said, I don't think it's necessarily the smartest financial move to make if you're just getting started out with your business and you have yet to like book a single client or make a single dollar in your business. I think there's better things you can spend your money on when you're getting started, especially because if you have a computer, you pretty much have access to create your branding elements on their own. So I think hiring a brand designer is extremely important but i think it's something that comes down the road when you have more established presence in the industry just want to throw that out there that if you need to create your own branding up, up front like absolutely do it like i mentioned already i did that when i was getting started i designed my actually my first two logos i designed on my own and then for my third Rebrand, I guess you could say. I ended up hiring a brand designer, but definitely no shame in having to do it by yourself. So, moving on, when you think about branding, I think the most obvious and the first thing people think of is a logo. When you are selecting your logo, I personally think that you should choose something that speaks to you and your business. So what I mean by that, for example, I incorporated a wave symbol from the start for several different reasons. Firstly, I have been a swimmer since I was eight, and I swam all through high school and college, so obviously water comes with swimming. Secondly, my most perfect day would be spent in any body of water, literally. I don't care if it's like a dirty creek in someone's backyard, and thirdly, I really like that every single wave is different in some way, shape, or form, and that's really similar to my wedding invitation style. In some way, shape, or form, every single invitation that I design is different from the other. I really liked tying that element into it. So do you absolutely need to have a symbol? Of course not. Many versions of my logo don't incorporate my wave symbol at all. But it is still an element that is there and is recognized in my branding. I'm not really going to go into like the symbol, more of the symbols and secondary logos and patterns and things like that, because essentially you, I mean, they're self-explanatory, you know, but I do want to just talk about how I think your brand needs to speak to who you are. And I know there's, like, I don't know if it's, it's not, like, a controversy, but, like, you know, your business is separate from who you are as a person in some extent, but I believe that for small businesses, that is not really, I don't know how people keep their personal and their small business separate, if I'm being honest, because, I mean, my business is literally everything to me, so, like, I am who I am because of my business and my business is what it is because of me. So I can't really sit here and say like that your business branding should be separate from your personal branding and things like that because I would be lying on my ass because that's not something that I really believe in. So I just think like if you look at my brand, so like if you just went to my website right now, you would see my branding is very much bold and bright and colorful and is certainly not like minimalistic at all. And that's exactly like who I am as a person So I knew that that's not what I wanted my branding to be like. I wanted my branding to really encompass like the colors that I like to see every day. And and I think that that should be how you look at it as well. So if you are just starting out and you are just sitting down to figure out your branding, I think you should pick colors that really resonate with you. Don't pick the colors that, you know, your favorite wedding invitation designer is using or your favorite, I don't know, photographer is using. Go with what you want to do because... When I first got started, it was so common to see brands that had minimal branding, you know, like neutral colors, just very elegant and romantic. And that's like, in no way, shape, or form, is that who I am. Like, I am not elegant. I'm not romantic. I'm not classy. Like, (laughs) so I knew that when I was going through a rebrand, like, I really just wanted my brand to stick out. I think it personally does a really good job of that. Like, it is. Bright pinks and bright oranges and yellows, and it's very much just like my vibe. So, I really encourage you when you are figuring out your branding, just like go with what feels good with you and your vibe. You know, like if you sit down and you are like, okay, well, I really want bright blues and bright pinks and greens but I also think that like it's a business so it should be like professional and elegant so I'll go with the more neutral browns and tans and beiges that will like whatever you design I'm sure will be beautiful but is it really going to be something that in six months or a year you still resonate with probably not because it wasn't essentially who you were from the beginning so it's just something to think about. I just really strongly feel that your brand should reflect who you are as a person, even if you are trying to keep your brand and your personal life separate. That's fine. I get that. But at the same side, like your business is being ran by you. And if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're like a one woman show or you are like a fairly small business. So you need to understand that like your business, yes, it's separate from who you are, but it's also like you grew this business from the ground up. So if you can't, if you don't take this business personally, then I don't know, you might run into some issues because like a small business is very, very personal. So sorry for the honking that you hear outside. I told you this is what it would be like. But anyways, so now moving on to the more meaningful side of branding. I have a lot to unpack here, but for the meaningful side, you... We'll need to identify your brand values your beliefs your ideal client your purpose and the problem that you are solving so recognizing all of these elements will give your brand an emotional connection to your target audience which will make it much more likely for them to turn from potential clients into actual clients so when you are establishing your brand you should Recognize a problem that your potential clients face and how you are going to solve that problem. So for example, for my brand, my potential clients deal with a lack of reliable, high quality, and affordable invitation shops. So I solve their problem by providing them with a solution by opening my invitation shop and working with them one-on-one during the design process to give them the wedding invitations of their dreams. So it is important to recognize the problem that you are solving for clients and then shout that solution from the rooftops. I'm not even joking. <laughs> you should also provide evidence for solving the problem. You can't just like say that you're solving the problem and then not back it up. I mean, that goes with anything in life, right? So whether you're um, proving it through written testimonials on your website and social media, maybe it's video testimonials or behind the scenes videos, this is is huge right now. Obviously, with Instagram Reels and TikTok, showing behind the scenes of you physically solving the problem that you claim to solve, that will be such a huge selling point. Going live on Instagram, just showing that you provide value and doing things that can validate your knowledge in your specific industry will set you apart from your competition. Something that I've always believed in, and it's mentioned in the book that I recommended is that if you're struggling to get people to pay you, it could possibly be because you are struggling to portray your solution to their problem. So when people believe that you have a solution to their problem, I promise you they will find a way to work with you and they will find the money that they need to work with you. Another important part of meaningful branding is to establish your ideal client. So I'm sure you've heard this many, many times before. And I used to think it was like the most silly thing and I didn't do it. I didn't actually sit down and establish my ideal client until like a year and a half ago. But you can't do any marketing for your brand without knowing who your ideal client is, right? You can't properly market to somebody if you don't know who you're marketing towards. Your ideal client should really be the person that you want to work with over and over and over again. So they should be your perfect client. Some things that you should recognize about your ideal client. You should know their gender. In my opinion, this doesn't really matter. Um, But if you go like by the book, you'll, you'll find that gender is listed as one of the things you need to know about your ideal client. I think that's kind of bullshit. But Anyways, um, their age, their career, their lifestyle, their budget, and by budget, I mean like their budget for your service, but also their like annual income, their geographical location. This is primarily important if you are a service-based business that is like an in-person service. So essentially, like I kind of claim that I'm a product and a service-based business, but I'm never meeting with clients, right? I'm just sending them their invitations and everything, all communication and everything that I do is through email. So to me, it doesn't necessarily matter where their geographical location is, but if you're like a wedding rental company or a photographer, then essentially like obviously their location does matter to you. So, and then another thing is knowing what their lifestyle is like. So are they, you know, spending their time going out for drinks and dinner, or are they spending their time going on camping trips in the woods and things like that. So really just like picturing the perfect person that you want to work with and writing down all of these different aspects to their life, that is your ideal client. So you're literally creating this person from scratch. And just to give you an idea, I'll run through my ideal client. So my ideal client is 24 to 30 years old. They are engaged. They have a college degree. They have an annual income of about 50 to $70,000 a year. They're very non-traditional and they appreciate stationary. Obviously I could go into like much more detail about my ideal client, but I just want to kind of give you like the general scheme of things. So you definitely want to identify your ideal client because these are the people that you're going to be speaking to through all of your marketing. And then moving on to some other items that you should identify when creating a brand. I'm not going to go in depth about these, but I just want to get them on your radar. And then like I mentioned already, I highly recommend looking into the book that I recommended. (laughs) So um, other items that you want to identify. A brand promise. So this is something that you are going to promise to deliver to your clients. What is your why? So what is the mission behind your vision? Essentially, why are you doing what you are doing? What are your brand values. And then there are obviously a ton of other elements that you should be familiar with before you're creating your brand. And then also what are your brand values? So obviously what does your brand value? What do you as a person value? That is kind of my little rundown of the meaningful side of branding. Um, The last thing I just want to quickly touch upon is where you should be using your branding. And the short answer is, absolutely everywhere (laughs) literally your branding should be everywhere it should be on your packaging it should be on your social media and by social media I mean it should be in the graphics that you share your Instagram story highlights on your profile should be branded your profile photo and by profile photo I don't mean like to have a photo of your logo if that's what you want to do obviously that's great but if it's going to be a photo of yourself Maybe wear a t-shirt that's a brand color or have your brand colors in the background. Somehow have your brand color or some element of your branding in your profile photo. Your branding should be all over your website. Literally, your entire website should be branded. Your emails should be branded. Like I mentioned prior, if your email marketing platform doesn't really have the capability to get in depth with branding and customization, I recommend designing on canva and then just saving it as a photo and uploading it to the emails and then lastly your print materials so if you're a product-based business and you're shipping out products and um packages, you know your packaging should be branded your printing labels your shipping labels your packing slips your tissue paper your stickers your tape all of it That goes to say print materials, I will say like are a little bit less important. That's why I have them on the bottom because they are also very expensive. So if you're just starting out, like I would not sweat having every printed or every shipping thing branded. If that needs to come down the road, obviously that's totally fine. So just want to throw that out there because there is a pretty penny to packaging materials. Um, I hope that all of this has kind of proven to you how important branding is because it truly is so important. And I also hope that it has proven that there is way, way, way more to branding than just the colors and the fonts and the logos and the things that you physically see with your eyes. The whole entire experience that your client has should reflect your brand. And I know that that seems like duh, Julia, but I think that there's a lot more that you have to sit down and acknowledge and think about before you can seriously start to advertise your brand in the way that you want to, if that makes sense. So that, oh, I feel like I just ran a marathon. That was chapter two, business branding. I know it was a lot. Um, Like I have said in previous episodes, if you guys have any questions about anything that I touched upon either in chapter two or chapter one, please refer to the link that is in my episode description and I will answer any questions in the unit one review. So next week will be chapter three, which is keeping track of your finances and the accounting and bookkeeping side of things. So that will be packed full of lots of good information, so I hope you'll tune into that. Also, I haven't really mentioned this in any of my other episodes, but if you are loving the podcast, I would seriously appreciate if you left a review. You can leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. It would seriously help my little podcast so much, and I would really, really appreciate it, but yeah, I hope you guys love this episode, and yeah, if you listened Post it on Instagram, tag me. I love to see who's listening and all of that. So yeah, I will talk with you guys next week. Bye. Cheers to finishing up another chapter in Julia's creative business guidebook. I hope you learned something new and will tune in next week for our new chapter. Until then, take care of yourself, do things that inspire you, and never stop creating. If you have any questions about anything I talked about during this episode, please refer to the link in the episode description to ask your question. All questions will be answered at the end of each unit.